I have been listening to Audible for years. It just started with a free trial and my favorite Ellen Hildebrand book. And then once I realized how much I could accomplish in a day, like cooking for the kids, cleaning, organizing the house, you name it, um, while being entertained, I was hooked. It has all of my favorite fiction books, but it also has our favorite books on natural birth like Mindful Hypnobirthing, Birth Without Fear, Birthing From Within, Natural Childbirth, The Bradley Way, just to name a few. If you use my link, you can get 30 days free of Audible. Just go to audibletrial.com slash birthnaturally. And I suggest starting with Ina May's Guide to Childbirth if you haven't already, because that is a listener favorite. So once again, just go to audibletrial.com slash birthnaturally for 30 days free. Welcome to Birth Naturally. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Kate. And we are sisters having a conversation about everything from med-free birth to natural parenting. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode. Today I am chatting with Rainy. She had two unmedicated hospital births. Um, She used a lot of meditation and journaling just to overcome the fear of giving birth. Um, And you'll hear a little bit how she um, struggled in her second pregnancy, but how she, you know, really got into more of a positive mindset towards the end of her pregnancy. And and just everything she did to get to that point. So, yeah, it's a really great episode. I'm going to make this super quick because I'm still battling cold. But um, don't forget to follow on Instagram at Birth Naturally and share the podcast with a friend. And if you can, give us a five-star rating on well wherever you listen. That would be awesome. So enjoy today's episode. They say giving birth is equivalent to running a marathon, but what about being pregnant and building a company from scratch while taking on the multivitamin aisle? That is the story of Ritual's founder, Kat Schneider, who started Ritual because she couldn't find a prenatal she could trust. So I just started recently taking the Essential for Women multivitamin, and it's been great so far. They are super gentle on my stomach. I can even take them without food, which is just very convenient. And yeah, it's great because I just want to fill some gaps in my diet and I feel like this is exactly what I need. They're also great tasting. Like the the Essential for Women multivitamins have like this minty taste. So I'm so not used to that. I'm used to that like not so great aftertaste. So that's been awesome as well. So although I am not pregnant, Ritual has a prenatal that you can trust. They are made with traceable ingredients. You can literally look at a map and see where all the ingredients have come from, which is super cool. And you better believe I checked that out and I loved it. And all of the ingredients are vegan, bioavailable, and clinically studied key nutrients for before and during pregnancy. They're also non-GMO project verified, gluten, and major allergen free. So why settle for a multivitamin you're not 100% sure about? Ritual was literally built on trust, so you know it's the real deal. Ritual is offering my listeners 30% off during their first month. Visit ritual.com slash birthnaturally to start Ritual or add Essential for Women Prenatal to your subscription today. Welcome, Rainy. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Me too. So why don't you start by telling us a little about you and your family? Okay. Um, so my name is Rainy, and then my husband is Levi. We have two babies. Our first is two. She's almost three. In just a couple of weeks, she'll be three, so I can't believe that. But um, Millie is her name, and then we have Landon, who is five months. Oh, awesome. So when did you guys decide to start your family and how was your journey to getting pregnant? 
Um, so we had been married for a few years and I always knew that I wanted to have kids and I always just loved babies. So when we made the decision, um, it was a really quick process. Like I think I only had one period and then we were pregnant. And so it was really fast and it was right before COVID. So I had my daughter like right in the middle of of COVID. And that was kind of a crazy thing to go through with a first baby. I feel like it was like the world was just wild, you know? Uh-huh. I can't imagine. I always feel for, <laughs> I always feel for the moms who had to have their babies during that time. Cause it was, yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. not, not a fun experience, I'm sure, but I guess you have to make the best of it. <laughs> totally. It ended up being really great. Um, I had so much time because of COVID to like mm-hmm. prepare for my natural birth, which was actually so awesome. Like that was, I think just what I needed because mm-hmm. I hadn't like fully committed to the idea of a natural birth until like probably around 15 weeks. I like truly believed that I could do it. And that was around the time, like that was around March when everything shut down and we were just, you know, at home so right. much. So, um, yeah, then I just had the time to be able to prepare for right. having the natural birth. So, yeah, started, that actually, you know, that's a one positive, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it totally was. Like, it gave me so much time um, to read all the books that I wanted to read, to, like, listen to podcasts like you guys, to, you know, do meditations, just everything that I would want to do, I was able to do in preparing for that birth. So, yeah. That was really, honestly, such a good thing about that pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And um, even though it was, you know, just kind of a crazy time. Right. Yeah. But other than, you know, that that time and that the craziness of 2020, how did your pregnancy go? It was really good. Um, I felt great. I was able to stay active for the most part. Um, I was, you know. So I I first read uh, Mindful Birthing, and so I really was applying through my whole pregnancy, you know, the whole mindfulness and just that connection between my mind and body. So I would be like at the gym, just at like our little apartment complex, and I would be telling myself like, I can do anything for a minute, you know, like just mm-hmm. that that mindset was so in my brain through my pregnancy preparing me for my birth so I would be like on the elliptical and I would be like okay I'm gonna go hard for one minute because I can do anything for one minute (laughs) so my pregnancy like I was able I did I felt like it was a really good pregnancy um I was excited like it was the first grandbaby on both sides too so everyone was so excited like you would not believe, you know, like <laughs> both of our parents were just like, well, our moms mostly were just buying tons of stuff for her. They were so excited. Um, but yeah, so overall it was like, I had a really good pregnancy. Um, yeah. Yeah. That sounds like it was, everything went pretty smoothly for you and, and yeah, just making the best of a, what could have been a difficult experience. That's awesome. So yeah. you, you mentioned that you kind of made the decision to have a natural birth at around 15 weeks. Um, Mm -hmm. What kind of like prompted your decision? Like what, what got into your mind? Like, "Mm, do I want to, do I want to do this naturally? Like, how did you kind of come to that decision? Honestly, can't like pinpoint exactly what it was. Mm -hmm. I think it was a combination of a couple of things. I was like a competitive um, athlete growing up. And so I think it was just kind of, in me to like want to prove my strength to myself and also kind of like overcome some of those limiting beliefs that I feel like I had put on myself as well as other people had kind of put in my head of like oh my gosh you are you're so small your frame is so tiny like I don't know how a baby will be able to come out of your narrow hips you know like mm-hmm. or like people would be like you know that you don't get a medal for not getting an epidural right and I'm like yeah but like I don't know like I'm just I just felt really drawn to the idea of 
having it naturally. I just like really believed that like my body can do this. Like, why is this such a foreign idea? Like, I feel like this is what we were made to be able to do as women. So why wouldn't I be able to do it? So I just like, that was my attitude. I think like, why wouldn't I be able to like, I want to, I want to see if I can show myself if I can. Right. Like just prove it to yourself. You don't need a medal. You just need to know like, Oh, I did. I did what I set out to do. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how did you prepare yourself? I know you mentioned podcasts and books. Was there anything specific that um, really helped you? Yeah. So I would say reading mindful breathing um, was huge for me. And like I said, then I just was applying the mindfulness like throughout my day-to-day activities I was also doing like formal I really put into practice formal um, meditation every day and then I also um, did like a birthing a mini course from a birthing coach and that was really impactful she focused a lot on like journaling and EFT um, to overcome like limiting beliefs and overcome fear surrounding birth and then just really connecting with like feminine energy and so that was super transformative in my experience because I that just kind of opened a a new way of thinking for me uh, with her course which was awesome yeah that sounds awesome how were you feeling as you approached your due date so you know everyone was texting me asking me how I was doing if I was progressing how much I was dilated, but I I wasn't, I had a midwife. So I switched to midwives, not until like 30 weeks because I didn't even realize that that was what I should have been doing. The practice that I was going to, um, they had midwives luckily. So when I brought it up to, as we were getting closer to my due date and I brought it up to the OB that I was seeing, she was like, uh, well, if you're interested in unmedicated birth, you probably should talk to our midwives and I was just like oh so you are not really gonna help me if I want it unmedicated (laughs) and so they were like it's like they're here at the same office like you can easily just start seeing them before the baby comes so I switched to the midwives luckily within enough time to meet the few of them that there were and uh, that was fine but since I was seeing midwives and I was going, you know, with a natural approach, I wasn't checking dilation. So I didn't really have like the updates for people that everyone was wanting to hear. But um, it hit my due date and I was like, okay, like ready. And nothing was like super happening, but I could tell that like I was getting closer. And then it was the next day that. Uh, things kind of started progressing actually and then she was born the next day so luckily it it wasn't too far after my uh, due date but you know kind of that disappointment or like anxiety and frustration around like okay it's my due date why am I not having the baby Mm -hmm. because everyone's texting me and asking me like any baby is there a baby yet (laughs) I know those texts oh my gosh (laughs) so did you have a birth plan and was that something that you talked about with your midwives um yeah I I more specifically had talked to my husband about like everything I I feel like as a first-time mom I just didn't know what to expect going into it obviously and so I didn't know really exactly what I wanted to talk to my midwives about, you know, and I had written, like I had written my formal, you know, birth preferences on my phone and stuff, but I didn't even reference that when we got to the hospital. And, you know, luckily I really didn't need to, she was, well, so I guess I could just tell you. Yeah. yeah, Why don't you just start (laughs) telling about like when contractions started? Yeah, so I went for my chiropractic appointment like mid-morning and then I came home and I just felt like so tired that day. And so I just listened to my body and I was, again, I was feeling like a little bit of that anxiety, like, okay, like, is it happening? 
So I did a meditation and I did a journaling session um, from the mini course that I did with the birthing coach just to like settle my mind and to, you know, get out those feelings that I was having. And then I took a nap and I took like a really long nap. And when I woke up, uh, I was feeling so much better. And it was probably around like seven o'clock in the evening that I started kind of noticing, you know, the cramping that was felt more cyclical this time. You know, I had been having those practice contractions for a while, but this was like, okay, I, I just started noticing it a little bit more. And then like 9.30, I was like, okay, yeah, I started tracking them a little bit. And then I went on a walk outside because I, you know, I was told if you can walk through it, then it's not real. Or right. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'll go on a little walk. My husband had already fallen asleep. So I was like, hey, I'm going to go for a walk. And I went around our neighborhood. And then I could tell that it was actually happening at that point when I got back. So I just tried to stay calm. I was just, you know, like, okay, I think this is happening. I'm tracking it. And then by 11 o'clock, they like, I was absolutely sure that they were like consistent. So I think I gave my midwife a call at that point and she was like, okay, just like, you know, do rest as much as you can. Just, you know, whenever you feel is the time to come in, but try to stay home as long as possible. So that's really what I did. Like I just got in my bed and, you know, just tried to relax as much as possible. My husband was in charge of the tracker on my phone. I would just say, okay, start. And he would push the button and then I would be like, okay, stop. Just so that we could, you know, make sure I was, I knew how far apart they were and how long they were lasting and everything. So it was about 3 a.m. when I hit the point where I was like really feeling it. Like I was in a lot of pain and I was starting to, you know, doubt myself a little bit. And I was like, is it time to go to the hospital? I'm like really struggling. And my husband luckily knew some of the things I had prepared him with of what I wanted to do before going to the hospital. So he was like, how about we get in the bath? And I was like, okay. So he started a bath for me. And that was like exactly what I needed at that time because my legs were like starting to like shake. I was starting to just like, you know, really not be able to relax in between. And the bath was perfect. It just helped my body relax, helped me be able to get through about another hour and a half of contractions. And then once I got out of the bath, I was just like, okay, I think it's time. Like it was intense enough and they were getting close enough together that I was like, I think it's time for us to go. So we packed up the car real quick. We had our bags packed, luckily. Threw everything in the car, I should say. And um, the hospital at the time, from where we were living, it was about 30 minutes to get to the hospital. And so that was probably the most miserable part of that uh, experience. I'm sure. <laughs> to the hospital. Mm -hmm. Because when we got there, um, and we're checking in and the triage nurse checks me. I was at like a seven or eight. Oh, wow. So it was, I mean, yeah, I was like in transition basically mm -hmm. on the way to the hospital, you know, like I was getting super uncomfortable on the way to the hospital. So that was, yeah, needless to say, very uncomfortable to get through that, but how did you feel when you learned you were that far along? I, that was what I needed. That was seriously exactly what I needed because I, like I said, I was starting to doubt myself. I was like, this is intense. Like, I don't know how much more I can do of this. And then when she told me I was like almost at eight, I was like, oh my gosh, like 
I like, am, oh, I can do this. <laughs> I can do this. Like I was expecting her. I seriously was expecting her to be like, okay, you're like a four or five. You probably should go back home. Like that was my fear. You know, I was like, uh-huh. please tell me that I'm actually four. And I was, and I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. I can keep going. I can do this. Like it boosted me and it was awesome. I'm sure. Oh my gosh. So, then they pulled me back into the room and I was GBS positive. So they wanted to like give me the IV and you know, then my midwife shows up a little, little bit later and, you know, she's just kind of coaching me through. They had a bath in the room. And so I asked to get into the tub again, um, to kind of relax because I was, again, my legs were shaking and having a hard time relaxing. So I got in the bath for a bit. And then once I got out, um, (laughs) the nurse was like, so at this point, if you start feeling any like pushing contractions, just let us know. And I was like, okay, no, I haven't felt that yet. And then like the next contraction, it was and <laughs> all this that in, I'm like, you know, feeling this pushing contraction. And she's like, oh, you don't have to force it. And I'm like, no, like I, that's just what's happening now. And, <laughs> like I had one or two pushing contractions standing up on the side of the bed and my water bursted it was like (laughs) it was like this shocking thing because I was confused I had my water hadn't broken but it was like a balloon had been dropped like it just went all over the floor so yeah it's such a weird like weird thing to feel like yeah (laughs) super super weird (laughs) so from then like obviously then once my water broke like Um, I remember saying to my midwife, like, I don't think I can do this. I like, is it too late to, to get some kind of pain meds or something? And my midwife looked at me in the eyes and she said, you are doing this. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. She's like, you are so close. Like you are doing this. You can do it. And so, um, I don't even know how long I was pushing from then. It it seemed to be pretty quick. My daughter was born around nine o'clock in the morning. And so really, I would say it was like a, like from nine o'clock at night when I really knew that they were like about 10 minutes apart, yada, yada, to when she was born. Uh, So it was like a 12 hour process for me. But that once she was born, the high of oh my gosh, I just did that was intense. Like I rode that euphoric feeling of awe that I just birthed a baby completely naturally. Like it was amazing. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's the best feeling. (laughs) Yeah. And how did you ultimately give birth? Like what position were you in? So I ended up um, on the bed on all fours, like hugging the back of the bed so it was mm-hmm. like kind of at an incline and I was leaning on it and holding it and yeah all fours really was what felt the best for me when mm-hmm. I was giving birth to her um unfortunately I feel like I was so tense the whole that whole time though at like you know that last hour of pushing obviously it's hard and it was it was painful but I was so tense and so that was something I really for my second baby really wanted to be different I wanted to not be just like scared and anticipating the next painful um contraction right like you instead of fighting against it you wanted to kind of just ride with along with it yeah yeah it is it's it I think it's just something that you have to keep reminding yourself and obviously with your first you don't realize that you're you have to do that but you learn from every birth right. you know totally so, yeah is there anything else that you're like that you were like okay with my next one this is what I want to try to do or do you think that it just went so smoothly you were pretty pretty happy I, with everything I would say I was so so happy with how my experience happened but the main other thing that I really wanted to be different with my second one was my postpartum recovery, just because I, 
I did tear a little bit internally. I had to get a few stitches like internally. And I think I just jumped into doing too much too quickly. Mm -hmm. And I had a really hard time with the stitches healing. And so that was just so uncomfortable for like weeks and weeks. I was just like, when is this going to stop being uncomfortable for me? I had to go and get one of them removed because it was just so uncomfortable. So I was so determined with my second to have like minimal tearing or no tearing, you know, like I was just like, I need that physical recovery to be just a tiny bit better because that was really hard for me. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh my gosh. Just struggling with that and not knowing like what's a normal amount of pain is it's difficult. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, okay. When, when did you kind of decide after that, that you wanted to, you know, start trying for another baby? I knew that I wanted to have my kids pretty close. Me and my, I only have one brother and him and I are eight years apart. So obviously I didn't want that big of a gap between my kids. Um, we had always talked about, you know, probably around two and a half years. And that's exactly what it ended up being, actually. So um, we decided that she, you know, she was old enough. We wanted to start trying. And we got pregnant again, I think, like on the first cycle of me going off, you know, uh, birth control. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of it started out with a lot of big changes in our life. Once we found out that we were pregnant, it was just kind of like this cascade of big changes in our life. And I think that's kind of what was difficult about that pregnancy versus my first one was like, just so easygoing. Like I wasn't stressed during pregnancy a whole lot. But once I got pregnant with my second it was just like, oh man, like, should we have gotten pregnant? Because all of these huge things just started happening one after another as his, you know, due date got closer and closer. Yeah, I'm sure that really added to your stress. And it's, it's not yeah. exactly the mindset you want to be in. I know. Yeah. I, it was, it was hard for me because I didn't want to feel that way, you know, I had a hard time because I, from the very beginning of being pregnant with him, I knew that it was a boy because I felt so different with him. Like I didn't feel my skin glowing and I felt like I was going to pass out all the time. I had like low blood pressure with him all the time. And, uh, I just felt so different, like emotionally and then it being a second baby, and like I said, with the first one, our families were so excited to have the first grandbaby. And then like, because it was a second kid, it just didn't feel as exciting. Like, yeah, I know people, what you mean. Mm -hmm. You know, people just weren't as excited. I knew that they were still looking forward to having another baby and it was a boy instead of a girl this time, but like, they weren't out buying everything for him and like. I don't know. It just felt like such a different experience of pregnancy. And I was a little bit saddened by some of that difference. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're like, I want to be feeling this way about it, but exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure like, were you doing like the same amount of preparing for birth or were you kind of like, eh, I've already done it. So yeah preparation <laughs> exactly yeah I feel like in my head I was like do I need to prepare as as intensely as I did the first time because I know what to expect but I was also like I had such a good experience because I pre prepared so much like I probably right. should but then I was you know chasing around a toddler now and I didn't have as much energy or time to to do all of that so I was always in my head, like, I need to be like doing more. I need to be reading my books. I need to be like, I'm so far behind compared to where I was with her during my pregnancy. So I had so much more negative talk to myself during this pregnancy of just like, I was really resistant to my growing body that time too. Like I, you know, it was just, 
such a different experience of the actual pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I didn't like that I was feeling that way. And so it was when I hit 28 weeks that I was like, all right, like, this has got to change. Like, I cannot keep feeling this way. I want to feel more positivity because ultimately I really did feel like, you know, what I'm thinking is affecting him right, and me. And so I did not want to keep feeling this negativity and this resistance to that pregnancy because I, we really were excited to have him. Mm-hmm. So uh, I sat down and did just some journaling and just really like checked in with myself and wrote down like, these are the things that aren't true that I keep telling myself. And some of those were like, I'm bigger than I should be. People probably think I'm way further along than I actually am. I'm so big. No one is excited about this baby. And then I, you know, then I wrote down the things that are true and combated those thoughts with what is real. And I, so I wrote some things like I'm growing a human inside my small framed body. I'm eating a balanced diet. I'm exercising regularly. Um, I can connect with my baby before he comes. Our family is excited to have him in this world. And I don't know, it was just like a really, really impactful experience for me when I hit the end of that, because then I, I, at the end of my journaling session, I wrote a note to my son and I wrote, you're safe in my body. You're welcome in my body. You're loved in my body. And I can't wait to meet you and hold you. And that was just like what I needed to change my mindset to, you know, Mm -hmm. that he was safe. He is loved. And we were excited for him. And I didn't want my body to be an unsafe place for him where I was like resisting him or you know, the first things I'm telling him is he's too big or he's taking up too much space in my womb. Like that is not what I wanted him to, to think, you know? Mm -hmm. So that was a huge, huge change for that last trimester. And, um, just, I had a much more positive experience with my pregnancy. Um, once I had kind of overcome all of those really negative feelings I was having. Yeah. Sometimes it it is just about like checking in with yourself, like, wait, why am I feeling this way? And getting to the root and yeah, doing that, you know, those kinds of things that that just finding some time to be independent from your, your older daughter and Mm -hmm. just checking in with this baby that you're growing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so did you kind of, so you said the last trimester was was you know more positive were you getting excited as you approached your due date yeah so I felt a lot more positive I was feeling pretty good um you know we we had a baby shower so you know all of our friends came and we celebrated him and you know I just started feeling more prepared for him actually coming once because we had nothing I I didn't even have a pack of wipes at that point because my daughter potty trained at two years old and so I didn't even have like diapers wipes clothes nothing I literally had nothing and I was feeling very unprepared um just with everything and so once we had the baby shower and we had all like the physical things and then you know I started doing some of these mindful activities and meditations and journaling you know I just really started getting into that mindset that I knew I needed to be in as I got closer to my or to the due date so that was really good because you know like I said I was like telling myself I'm so behind but I think because it was a second pregnancy and I knew what to expect waiting until the last trimester actually was fine like to do all of that kind of real preparation and overcoming Mm -hmm. some of the new fears that I had and whatnot so going into you know my second birth I I did feel prepared like I did with my first luckily okay Um, I just I just you know 
had a little bit later start with all of those type of real preparation. Right. Tools. Yeah. So, so tell us about when contractions started, how far along were you? So I was 39 weeks when I woke up in the middle of the night, realizing that I was having a contraction. It was like two in the morning and I just went back to sleep. Like I I probably had five contractions where it like woke me up and I was like, oh, but then I was able to just go back to sleep. Then after those five or so contractions of being woken up, I got up to just, you know, start tracking them and like just kind of see how I was feeling. And it was funny because when I did that, my daughter, so at the time, uh, my daughter like I said, she potty trained, then she stopped napping and she was mm-hmm. climbing out of her crib and stuff. So it was like kind of, I think she could sense that big changes were happening and she was not wanting to stay in her bed. She kept wanting to come into our room. So I wake up with these contractions and then she came in our room with her blanket and her pillow and just like wanted to lay on the floor next to our bed and I was like okay and I'm sitting there and I'm like okay like this is happening like I'm gonna have a baby today like I knew that it was real and I'm just looking at her laying there on the ground and I just start getting so emotional thinking I'm not gonna be just her mom anymore like it just hit me so hard like you know, I was just like mourning the fact of that special time I've had of just me and her. Mm -hmm. And so then I like bent down, like I got down on the ground and I wanted to just like snuggle her and she totally rejected me. She like pushed me away and I was just (laughs) sitting there crying by myself. Like, oh my gosh, just let me love you one last time. (laughs) It's so, it's so like bittersweet though. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That's so funny that she was like, nope. I know, I know. So I woke my husband up a little bit after that and I was like, hey, we're, we're going to have a baby today. He was like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, I've been having contractions for like two hours. And he was like, okay, like, do you want me to get up? And I was like, no, like, I, I think we can just like try to keep sleeping a little bit longer. And then probably like 30 minutes later, I wake him up and I'm like, okay, actually, you should probably get up and get ready because <laughs> like things are moving along a little bit faster this time. Well, but it can change in an instant, you know? Yeah. And I, I was just going so much based off of my last experience that I was like, oh, we have plenty of time. Like, right. Yeah. This is going to be a process and I need to just be patient. So I didn't think that you know, three hours in that I needed to be worried about anything. But once it was about 5.30, I called my mom, who she lives about 20 minutes away. And I was like, can you come over to be with my, to be with my daughter? And she was like, okay. So she, she got here right before six. And Again, I was just trying to stay pretty calm about everything. I didn't think, you know, I didn't think that we were going to be going to the hospital anytime soon, still, even when she got to our house. So I was on the ball on the ground. I was just like with my forearms leaning onto the ball when my mom came into my room to just like say hi and see how I was doing. And I was in the middle of a contraction when she came in. So I like, was just like breathing I couldn't like really respond to her at the moment <laughs> and then I was like can you just tell Levi to start the bath for me like I was I think I should get in the tub for a little bit before we um go to the hospital like I think I should do that to give me some more time before we go to the hospital so she's like okay so she goes out to tell him to get the bath started and I have one more contraction and these are starting to get like pretty intense. Um, so I have one more contraction while I'm there on 
with my forearms on the on the yoga ball and during that contraction like I felt like this weird like pop feeling and I was like okay like I don't know what that was exactly but then I stand up and then water's just like dripping down my legs and I so then I walk out and I'm like hey you can turn the bath off my water just broke I think we should go to the hospital yeah because you knew how uh, how it was last time when your water broke so again if if we have another baby I'm pretty sure that I just want to have a home birth because again that drive this time it was only 10 minutes to the hospital but that drive to the hospital was miserable again and of course there's a train between here and the hospital and of course the train was running so (laughs) I'm just sitting there in the car like oh my gosh I can see the hospital but the train is going and we had to wait so again when we got to the hospital I was about at eight and um again they wanted to give me like the IV because I was GBS positive again and the IV this time, I was more distracted by the discomfort of the IV than the contractions that I was having at the time. Oh, no. And so I was like, listen, like, I cannot have this in my arm. Like, I, I don't really care at this point. Like, I don't want the IV. So they disconnected my IV because um, I just kept complaining about it. Oh, that's so that was cool. Kind of nice that yeah. they actually listened to me with that because I was like, "You're like, oh. wait, I could have said that the whole time, right?" I know. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I again, I was at an eight when we got there again, which I was not that surprised, but I was just because it went so much faster. It was like half the time, right, between when I started contractions and getting to the hospital so that's what they say with second babies though (laughs) yeah it totally is it's true (laughs) so I had a lot more back labor with this one too my my back was killing me and so when my midwife showed up she had magical hands and she was just doing the perfect like counter pressure and like massage on my back that just felt absolutely incredible um and luckily this time like I said with my first I was wishing that I had been able to relax more like in that last stretch of it I was able to do that this time so I that was what I think I had practiced more with my mindfulness and meditation leading up to his birth was like being purposefully relaxed in between contractions. Like I knew the contraction was going to come. I didn't need to be scared of it coming. I just needed to relax my body as much as I possibly could before it came. And so that's what I was able to do this time so much better. And so uh, it just was a little bit more peaceful of an experience. I wasn't like so just like don't touch me don't do anything because I'm just like so tense and hurting and like it was yeah. a lot you know it was just a lot better of that last stretch of before he came mm-hmm. and I when um once he was born and everything my midwife went to you know, check me and see if she needed to do any stitches. And she was like, well, you just have like super minor abrasions. So we don't need to do any stitches. And I wanted to like, just shout from the rooftops. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like that's that what so, you wanted. Yeah. So I was so happy because that made a world of a difference in my recovery after having him. Like I seriously felt so much better because I wasn't in pain just sitting up to like breastfeed him every time I was having to feed him. Right. Like with her, it seriously was every time I would be just sitting to feed her or anything. Like Mm -hmm. I was just hurting. So this time I was like, wow, this is amazing. I feel so good. Yeah. Just being able to like get up and walk around and do everything. Like 
wait, I just had a baby and I feel totally fine. I know. (laughs) It's incredible. Yeah. It really is. So you said recovery was a lot better. Everything went smoothly. I mean, he's only, he's still little, so. (laughs) Yeah, he's five months. He's still little, but yeah, this, I was really worried. I think that was one of my fears was that what if postpartum this time is really hard for me? Like, what if I struggle more with like postpartum depression or like something like, you know, yeah. Something like that. Like I, I had that in my head of just like, what if this is totally different? Cause my pregnancy has been a lot harder emotionally. Like I was worried about that kind of stuff, but, um, I did a lot of pre- like preparation for postpartum this time in terms of like, I asked for so much help. I met with a postpartum doula friend of mine and she kind of really encouraged me to like lean into my, you know, my circle and ask people specifically for help. And so I just had everything kind of lined up to be able to make sure that I rested for at least that first two weeks, like a hundred percent rest. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you for asking for the help. Cause I feel like so many of us are like, I don't Um, know, just to like prove a point, we don't want to ask for help, but yeah people are trying to offer help but they don't know what to offer we just need to know like just ask for what specifically you need if you need somebody to come and do your dishes and say hey could you just come to and then you can hold my baby (laughs) I know exactly well that's it's so uncomfortable to ask for help right like yeah no one really likes to ask for help but that's something that I've now since doing that for myself like advocating for help for myself and realizing what people truly truly need postpartum I am like so passionate about it now I'm just like stop bringing like cookies to Mm -hmm. a postpartum mom like like go and just do something for her that she shouldn't be doing yeah. yeah. You know, like, so that's a huge thing for me. Yes. I just feel like advocate for help for yourself. Like, or if you don't want to do it, like make a list and tell your husband, like, Hey, these are the things that I would need help with that I like anticipate needing help with after I have the baby. And then he can be like that gatekeeper, you know, right? Like, yeah. he can be the one that's like, they text and they're like, is there anything that we can do for you? And then he's like, well, there is this list, you know, like <laughs> she gave me this list. If, this you, list. <laughs> if you don't do it, I have to. So right. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's such great advice. And especially like, you know, when you have a toddler and a new baby and yeah. you don't, you want to try to do it all. And then you're just going to like run yourself ragged and it's not worth it, you know? So so yeah, I love that. That's like such good advice for anybody who's who's about to have a baby. Yeah. It's hard having mm-hmm. two. And that was what I think yeah. I was so worried about was how am I going to do all the things that I do with two babies? So yeah, luckily we have such a great circle of people that were willing to help us and uh, it it ended up being a good postpartum experience overall. And yeah, now I'm just he- here to help any of my friends that have babies. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm bringing you dinner. I'm going to mm-hmm. come do your dishes. I like, yeah, that's I'm awesome. Just trying to make that a normal thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And then they're going to bring that to to the, their friend who has a baby so and then can, can pass that on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah. yeah. That's great. I love that. So do you have any must-have products for you or baby, you know, either during pregnancy or postpartum? I loved having, like, overnight oats when I was first postpartum, like, that first couple of weeks. Uh, overnight oats was so easy for me to eat for breakfast mm-hmm. you can put so much good stuff in them to help with like milk production and like collagen in it to help with healing and everything so like 
that's definitely something that worked really well for me. So I think having overnight oats and like little containers for that is a great thing to have for postpartum. Yeah. So you don't even have to think about the morning because the yeah. morning can just be a little crazy. You don't have right. a second to think about yourself. You're doing things for everyone else. So yeah, that yeah. is such a good point. <laughs> just have and it already I, made. <laughs> I love having comfy jammies for postpartum. Mm-hmm. Like Investing in clothes that you're going to fit in and that are going to fit you for that first few weeks, especially I think is important because you don't want to just feel like a homeless person wearing yeah. the same. Like, no, I know, I know. Yeah, you want to yeah. feel good and yeah. yeah, but also super comfortable. <laughs> yes, yeah. That, so that's yeah, that is a good idea. Too. I'm like, at least get one or two new pajamas or like sweat outfits or like you know mm-hmm. something that you're going to want to wear that you're like, this is actually cute and I feel good in it, but it's super, super comfy and works. Yeah. So like if you have visitors, you don't look crazy, but, um, (laughs) but, but you can also sleep in them and wear them all the time. That's, that's a, that's a good um, thing for people that they probably wouldn't even think of (laughs) to be honest. Um, So how can our listeners get in touch with you? Um, so I'm on Instagram. Um, my handle is at Rainy Liberian. Uh, I do have a blog that you can, if you are interested in reading more specifically, either of my stories I have on there too. Um, so if you have any questions, feel free to like DM me on there too. I, I'm totally an open book with all of it. Oh, awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your stories with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you are enjoying the podcast. And if you are, don't forget to leave a rating and review and follow along on Instagram at Birth Naturally. Also, if you'd like to subscribe for extra episodes, you can find a link to that in the show notes. Thanks. Thanks.